There is nothing as unfunny as sleepwalking. Scared to death? Well, scared of life. Scared you don't and can't understand it. The first time that I know of was in a hotel in Edinburgh. I had had a long day driving over for a conference, taking a call from an editor on the way and agreeing to write an article that I really didn't have time to write, being late for the conference after driving around looking for somewhere to park, writing and sending the article and interacting with other delegates, then getting pissed in the hotel and leaving the party to go to bed at midnight, my head buzzing. The next thing I knew, I had sore, cold feet. I was walking on something hard, steps. I came slowly to consciousness to discover that I was walking down a concrete staircase barefoot. I took over the reins of my body, took back control, assessed my situation, came slowly to a halt. One possibility was that I was still dreaming. I'd been walking down the fire exit at the end of the corridor my room was on. To do what? I suspected that I had got out of bed to use the toilet and in a groggy state of mind had opened the wrong door and stepped out into the corridor. I was wearing a shirt and a pair of underpants. A long-tailed shirt, thankfully. <laughs> that was better than nothing. I didn't have my glasses on, so everything was blurred. I had only one option, and that was to go down to reception and ask for another key. Along the corridor, I passed a couple going to their room. They showed no interest in me. That augured well. <laughs> they might have said, do you know there is a phone on the landing and you can call reception from there? All hotels, I think, should have a notice in every room saying, sleepwalkers, there's a phone on the landing and you can call reception from there. I didn't know which landing I was on or what time it was. I wasn't sure I knew the number of my room. It would be written on a little card that came with a key. It was on my bedside table. And suddenly people who had bedside tables within reach and who knew the number of their room seemed to me the luckiest people in the world. <laughs> when I stepped out of the lift into the reception area, I realized that it was only about 1 a.m. for the whole area was full of people still partying. <laughs> there were women in their finery, probably part of a wedding party. I didn't look directly at anyone for fear that they would look directly back at me. I didn't allow myself to imagine the humiliations that might follow naturally from being recognized. Lost your trousers, have you? The fancy dress party's tomorrow night. Oh, did she kick you out? The word sleepwalking had not yet occurred to me, so I said to the man at the desk, I'm afraid I got disorientated and left my room. There's no problem, sir, he said, making clear by his manner that he was well used to hotel guests coming down in their underwear, <laughs> and perhaps less, to get a new key. I got back to my room without meeting anyone I knew, locked the door, put the key card in my shirt pocket so that I would have it if I went walking again, and went back to sleep. Now, what was so scary about that? What was scary was not the thought that I might have slipped on the concrete steps and broken a leg, hit my head, and perhaps not been found until the next day. No, what was scary was not knowing how I had got there, not knowing who it is that works this body, 
moves it around, generates its thoughts and responses. And I had thought until then that I did all that myself. And now it was clear that I am a puppet manipulated by impulses and notions that arise below the level of consciousness. And if that was so, who was I? Who is now telling you this story? Did I decide to tell it, or was that decision made by some real me who never actually declares himself, herself, itself? I had driven to Edinburgh with my friend Tony, who was also a delegate at the conference. I met him after breakfast, and I said, Tony, I got the fright of my life last night. What happened? I said I went sleepwalking down the fire escape. And he laughed. He found this the funniest thing. I said, for God's sake, don't tell anybody. He said, I'm going to tell everybody. <laughs> I wasn't communicating to him the profundity of the experience. He said, you're a gag, Doc. That's what people used to call me, Doc. Now, when I stay at hotels on my own, I sleep with a shirt on and keep the key in the pocket. I should perhaps get a decent pair of pajamas, write my room number in my arm, along with an urgent message. There is usually a phone on the landing. <laughs> but it didn't happen again. Not for years. Then one night, four years ago, I woke up on a sofa on the landing of a hotel in Panchkula in the Punjab. I was only wearing underpants. Nights can be hot in India. <laughs> the stress of the day's travel from Delhi and alcohol had been part of this. I'd been met at the station in Chandigarh by Pradeep, an ebullient host who was determined to have a drink with me, apple beer followed by whiskies. I got up and looked down the corridor in both directions. It was all a blur, again no glasses. Still half asleep, I lay down on the itchy sofa again. But the waking, conscious part of my mind intervened and said, you're going to have to go down to reception. How many selves were in there? The one that steers me in my sleep, the one that tells me to pull myself together, and the me that's told to pull himself together. Well, that's three for a start. My embarrassment was compounded by the condition of my underpants. I was past the age at which I'd undress to impress. <laughs> now, if I was Richard O'Leary telling this story, <laughs> at this point, I would hold up the actual underpants. <laughs> Just take my word for it. You would not wear them on a date that had prospects. <laughs> Fortunately, the reception was clear of people, but there were still two men at the desk. I read something very reassuring in the contemptuous expression of the manager. It said, oh God, not another one. <laughs> this told me that I wasn't mad, that horrific as this was, it was really quite routine. Since then, I've talked to others who've had this experience, including a woman who stepped naked out of a lift into a busy reception area. <laughs> Fortunately, people are generally helpful by nature, and someone put a coat over her. The manager in Panchkula sent a member of staff to accompany me back to my room. 
This man stood beside me in the lift, unembarrassed. I said, I feel completely ashamed of myself. He said, it is normal. You have had a long day. Sleep well. In the morning, my friend, who had drunk with me the night before, came to the hotel to meet me. I said, Pradeep, I had an awful night last night. I went sleepwalking. Ah, he said, that's hilarious. <laughs> Actually, it's not. <laughs> Thank you.